The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank believes communities thrive when individuals succeed. Working together, we can help create economic opportunity for all. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, May 16th. In today's news, President Trump pardons a friend who wrote a glowing book about him. The administration blacklists Yahweh and prepares a bigger bailout for farmers. And Bill Barr says he will not block Bob Mueller from testifying. But first, the big idea. The Trump administration has been on high alert in response to what military and intelligence officials have deemed specific and credible threats from Iran against U.S. personnel in the Middle East. But President Trump is frustrated with some of his top advisors, who he thinks could rush the United States into a military confrontation with Iran and shatter his longstanding pledge to withdraw from costly foreign wars. Several senior U.S. officials tell my colleagues that Trump prefers a diplomatic approach to resolving tensions and that he even wants to speak directly with Iran's leaders, like he did with Kim Jong-un. A senior administration official who has watched Trump engage angrily in recent days with John Bolton and Mike Pompeo says the National Security Advisor and Secretary of State are, quote, getting way out ahead of themselves and Trump is getting annoyed. Officials say that the president is uncomfortable with all the talk of regime change coming out of his White House, which to his ears echoes the discussions of removing Saddam Hussein before the 2003 U.S. invasion of Iraq. Another senior White House official says Trump is not inclined to respond forcefully unless there is a, quote, big move from Tehran. But the officials say the president is willing to respond if there are American deaths or a dramatic escalation. After our story about this posted online last night with reporting from nine Post journalists, Trump replied with a tweet. He denied that there's infighting and said different opinions are often expressed, but that he makes the decisive and final decision, as he put it. He added, though, that he's sure Iran will want to talk soon and that he's happy to. Meanwhile, the planning for war continues. Trump attended a Situation Room briefing yesterday morning to discuss military options vis-a-vis Iran. U.S. and European officials say that there is a strenuous disagreement about Iran's intentions and whether the new intelligence that's been gathered merits the more forceful response that some in the White House are pushing. European leaders who have been watching the febrile atmosphere in Washington with alarm, were not convinced by Pompeo's briefing for them in Brussels earlier this week. For their part, U.S. military officials described themselves as torn between their desire to avoid open confrontation with Iran and their concern about the recent intelligence that they do find troubling. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, led by Chairman Joe Dunford, a Marine Corps general, have been among the leading voices articulating the costs of war with Iran to Trump himself. But while there's concern about conflict, there's also a view inside the Pentagon that the U.S. must project strength as a form of deterrence against Iranian attacks on American forces and assets in the region. Anxieties over the heightened threat environment spilled over into Capitol Hill yesterday during a classified briefing. Liz Cheney, the Republican congresswoman from Wyoming, the former vice president's daughter, argued that the intelligence warrants an escalation against Iran. In response, Democratic Congressman Seth Moulton from Massachusetts, who's running for president, accused her of exaggerating the threat. Their conversation became quite heated, according to people familiar with it. And that's the big idea. 
Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, late last night, Trump pardoned billionaire Conrad Black, a longtime friend who wrote a glowing book about the president and described him in over-the-top terms as having a firm belief in common sense and the common man. Black, a former media mogul, was convicted in 2007 on massive fraud charges, including embezzlement, as well as obstruction of justice. He served more than three years of hard time and was then deported to his native Canada after he was released in 2012. He was barred from returning to the United States for 30 years. Now he can come back. The White House said in a statement that Black is, quote, entirely deserving of a pardon from the president. Enlisting Black's accomplishments to justify this pardon, it mentions that Black wrote biographies about Franklin Roosevelt and Richard Nixon. But the statement released by the White House last night did not mention his tome on Trump. Trump also separately pardoned Patrick Nolan last night. He's a former Republican state legislative leader in California who pleaded guilty to very serious public corruption charges in 1994 and served three years in federal prison. Number two, the Department of Commerce is adding Chinese communications giant Yahweh and its affiliates to a U.S. trade blacklist. This listing makes it virtually impossible for companies to survive once U.S. firms are discouraged from doing business with them because there are penalties. The Commerce Department said it reached this decision because Yahweh is engaged in activities that are contrary to U.S. national security. The listing, which takes effect in the coming days, forces Yahweh and its affiliates to obtain U.S. government licenses to buy any American technology. Yahweh smartphones use the Android operating system. With this listing, Google would be barred from exporting Androids to Yahweh unless it gets a waiver from the Trump administration. The chips in the phones are also made by U.S. companies, which would need waivers to sell to the Chinese company. China is strongly criticizing the move and promising to retaliate strongly against the United States. Meanwhile, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue announced last night that Trump is preparing to make available up to $20 billion in additional aid for farmers to help offset their losses because of China's retaliatory tariffs. Number three, White House counsel Pat Cipollone issued a broad rejection of essentially all the pending requests for records and testimony from Trump staffers by House Democrats. Cipollone told House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler, the Democrat from New York, that Congress has no right to what he called a do-over of special counsel Bob Mueller's investigation. In a defiant letter, Cipollone repeated a claim that the White House and Trump's businesses have begun making, which is that Congress is not a law enforcement body and therefore has no legitimate purpose to investigate the president or the questions it's pursuing. It essentially suggests that Trump believes he's above the law. In an interview, Nadler calls the White House's argument preposterous. Reacting to this during a closed-door meeting of House Democrats yesterday, Nancy Pelosi told her members that they still, even despite the stonewalling, need to stick to their policy agenda ahead of the 2020 election rather than initiate impeachment proceedings. Not a single lawmaker in the room challenged her, which is notable. The events underscored that Pelosi has managed to hold the line on her no-impeachment stance despite Trump's ongoing resistance and relentless pressure from the left for Democrats to try to oust the Republican president. In the nearly hour-long session, the focus was on health care. Pelosi was the only person to bring up impeachment, and she did so to acknowledge that some Democrats have been privately complaining to her. Attorney General Bill Barr, meanwhile, said he will not block Bob Mueller from testifying before Congress. Barr gave an interview last night to the Wall Street Journal 
during a flight to El Salvador for a trip focused on fighting MS-13, the street gang. Before he went wheels up for South America, Barr attended an event outside the U.S. Capitol to honor slain law enforcement officers. Pelosi was there, too. The AG approached the speaker to shake her hand. Then he said loudly enough for everyone around to hear, Madam Speaker, did you bring your handcuffs? That was a reference to a comment Pelosi made during an interview with The Post last week when she noted that there was a jail down in the basement of the Capitol for Trump administration officials who were in contempt of Congress. Pelosi smiled, and without missing a beat, she responded that the House Sergeant-at-Arms was present should it be necessary to arrest anyone. Both of them chuckled, and Barr walked away. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, May 16th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.